theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. of the Lord this uh, afternoon and to worship with all of you. Amen. I turn your attention to the book of Romans chapter 2 and I'm going to read verse 4. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here and thank you once again for allowing me to be here. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. When you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say, woe is me. Amen. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Amen. The Bible reads this so in the name of Jesus Christ. Or do you despise the riches of God's goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Goodness of God leads you to repentance. That's what I want to speak to you on tonight. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. Father, we pray that you would be with us here today, that you would bless us in a special way, that your word would be made manifest in a powerful way. And give us, O oh Lord, the fruit um, uh, that we're looking for, that it would magnify your name, and that, you would br- that we would bring honor to you through this word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless y'all. You may be seated. Out of all the attributes of God, God has many attributes. He is invisible. He is powerful. He is love. He is mercy. He is transcendent. But out of all the attributes of God, the goodness of God is the one that is most mentioned in Scripture. The goodness of God. God is good. How many believe that tonight? God is good. God is good in the good times, and God is good in the bad times. Whether there's abundance or scarcity, at the birth of your child and at the death of your loved one, in times of happiness, 
and in times of grief, God is good. We praise our God because he is benevolent. God is kind. He is merciful. He is giving. He is caring and charitable and patient. He is generous. He is slow to anger, but great in mercy. That's what the Bible means by the goodness of God. Anybody thankful today that God is good? The church acknowledges the goodness of God, both in song and in saints. We say God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God doesn't just do good. God is good. His goodness is a natural virtue of his being. And so all of his good deeds flow from his goodness. God is so good that in our text, Paul calls it the riches of his goodness. He's not cheap when it comes to goodness. He's not frugal as it relates to goodness. God is wealthy in goodness. He has unlimited reserves of goodness that are stored up for you. God is so good that even the word by which we describe him in the English language, God, is a derivative of a German word meaning good. That's why we call him God, because God is synonymous with good. Every time you say God, you're saying good. Amen. How do I know that God is good? In the words of that Sunday school song, for the Bible tells me so. The scripture continually affirms that God is good. Psalm 107 verse 1, oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalms 34 and verse 8 says, oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Somebody say it this afternoon, God is Say it again, God, say it like you believe it, God is good. Now, now let me ask you, how do you think that the church as recipients of God's goodness should respond to the goodness of God? How should we respond to the goodness of God. Well, thankfully, you don't have to guess here today. The Bible informs us how, and this is what it gives us. It tells us how we ought to respond. This is what it says. You ought to respond with praise and thanksgiving. With praise and thanksgiving. Over and over again, you'll see it. Wherever you see praise, thanksgiving is a, is a very close cousin. It's going to come right behind it. Wherever you see thanksgiving, praise is going to come right behind it. And over and over, you'll see it. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. See, praise and then thanks. Why, psalmist? For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Psalm Psalm 118 and verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. This is a public service announcement to all of our guests who have come here today. Please forgive our noise. Forgive our exuberance. 
forgive our passion, forgive our loud singing, forget of our exuberant praise and our joyous praising, forget some of us who are fiery dancers and our camp constant hand clapping and the drums that were going off, forgive it, I promise we're not crazy, we're not drunk, we're not drugged up, we're not mentally indisposed, we're not puffing on the magic dragon, we're not on Mary Jane, we're not on 420 or the blessed ganja. You're just dealing with a people for whom God has been so good that like the songwriter says, I can't stop praising his name. We just can't stop praising his name. I hear another songwriter say, when I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me, my soul has to cry out, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God and thank God, oh, for saving me. Bless the name of the Lord. You see, the natural response to the goodness of God is a praise that is caused by thanksgiving. A praise that is caused by thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving are the two pillars often seen in scripture together to describe the proper reaction to the goodness of God. Can I mess up your little, your Sunday just a little bit here today? A mouth that has no praise is the direct result of a heart that has no thanksgiving. Woo, let me just say that again. A mouth that has no praise is the direct result of a heart that has no thanksgiving. It is a heart to, to, that fails to acknowledge the goodness of the Lord in his or her life. Be careful with someone who claims to be a Christian but doesn't organically praise God because it is unnatural to be thankful and not to feel the need to express your thanksgiving. When I'm thankful, I want to say it. When I'm thankful, I want to express it. When I'm thankful, I want to give. When I'm thankful, I want to praise. You see, God's people, we don't praise God out of obligation. We don't praise God out of duty. We don't praise God because we have to. We praise God because we get to. God has been so good. We don't do it because the Bible commands us. That's not the only reason we do it. We are full of praise because praise is the natural expression of a thankful heart. And every time I think of all that God's brought me from, everything he's ever done, how he picked me up and turned me around, how he placed my feet on a solid ground, every time I think of where my life was how he brought me over every time I think how I was down and out every time I think how my mind was made up, messed up every time I think how some of you are backslidden on drugs on alcohol have no hope die 
dying on the way to a dying hell. But had it not been for God who was on your side, where would you be today? Every time I think about it, there's a praise that comes out. Woo! Hallelujah. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, woof. My God, some of y'all just don't want to be disturbed this afternoon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to somebody else and say, woof. Tell them, excuse me. It's just, I'm just thinking of God's goodness this afternoon. If you knew what I know about my God. Had you known me about five years ago, you take me by the hand and dance with me too, baby. Hey, don't you ever criticize my praise. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You don't know like I know what he brought me out of. Woof. Man. True thanksgiving will always lead to praise think about it for a second baby thank you so much for bringing me to hawaii that's thanksgiving that's a thankful heart but here it goes right after the thanksgiving what comes next i'm amazed by your generosity that's praise that's right. Thanksgiving and praise, they're, they're always together. A thankful heart, it'll always lead to praise. Uh, 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 honorable judge, thank you for reducing my fine. That's Thanksgiving. But here comes praise. You're such an understanding man. How about, sir, thank you for offering your seat. That's Thanksgiving. But here comes, I see chivalry is not dead. That's praise. The organic expression of Thanksgiving it's praise. That's why when you acknowledge the goodness of God one million times a day, the words thank you Jesus ought to come out of your mouth. Just organ just walking along your day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We don't, we don't praise Mother Nature. We don't praise the universe. We don't praise Father Time. We don't praise Lady Luck. We know where all of our good gifts come from. It comes from the Father above. And so thank you, Jesus, ought to come out of your mouth a million times a day. No wonder Psalm 100 said, enter into his gates with what? With thanksgiving. But here comes little cousin. And into his courts with what? Praise. You can't separate thanksgiving from praise. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. But watch this. It keeps going. Be thankful unto him. That's thanksgiving. And bless his name. That's praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? This is what the psalmist said. For the Lord is good. Woo! My God, have 
mercy. Hallelujah. Every time I think of the stress I felt about going to Southern California and starting a church just two months ago with a little group of believers that came and did it, my God. But when I think of last Sunday, we have 300 in attendance. Y'all ain't even ready to worship with me right now. If you ask me, why are you so excited? I'm going to tell you why I'm excited. The Lord has been good to me. The Lord has been good to me. Somebody ought to be praising God out of the thanksgiving that flows from your heart. Woo. Bless the name. You may be seated. I'm almost done with my introduction. <laughs> to whom is God good? To whom is God good? Well, at the broadest point, God is good to all of the earth, all of planet earth. Psalms 33 and 5 says, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And when I say the earth, I'm not even talking about people. I'm talking about planet earth. How is God good to planet earth? Every time you see sunlight and clean air and water and food, oxygen and minerals and moonlight and wind and rain and resources, that's not mother nature. That's father God. The whole earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. But let's take it further than that. To whom is God good? He's not just good to planet earth. Did you know that God is even good to the animal kingdom? My goodness, brothers and sisters, his goodness is not limited to the earth and to humans. God's goodness extends even to the animal kingdom. Psalm 149 and verse 5 says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all all his works. God is good to the animals. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Matthew 6, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Amen. Hallelujah. You've heard of birds die of a whole lot of stuff, but I bet you've never heard a bird die of hunger. You know why? Because the Bible tells me that God feeds them. God feeds the birds from the fowl of the air to the fish in the sea to every creeping thing there's a constant flow of the goodness of God that is given to them over and over again but brothers and sisters God is not just good to planet earth and God is not just good to the animal kingdom did you know that God is also good to his children to us Believers, I thought I'd get at least three amens from that one. God has an extra dose of goodness for those who have placed their faith in him. He lavishes us with goodness. I wish we had time here today to hear the testimonies of people who would shout on this microphone all around this room that God has been good to them. Do me a favor, wave your hand if he's ever healed you. 
Wave your hand if he's ever delivered you. Wave your hand if he's ever brought you out of shame and sin and depression. Hallelujah. Wave your hand if he's ever brought you out of loneliness. I'm telling you, we his children can testify that God has been good to us. God has been good to us. God lavishes those of us who serve him, not only with physical and material blessings but also spiritual blessing God is good to his children somebody shout God is good well how do you know that preacher I tell you because over and over again the Bible tells me so Psalms 34 and 10 the young lions lack and suffer hunger but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing I don't know about you but the best thing that ever happened to me was the day I decided to serve the Lord the day I decided to serve God was the best day of my life he has lavished me with goodness hallelujah I wake up in the morning no anxiety I listen I know anxiety is normal in most people but I just don't have anxiety I put all of my cares upon God and know that he'll take care of me hallelujah I wake up there's a peace that passes all understanding there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory there's a window opening up with blessings that I cannot even begin to contain he is a strong tower in a time of great trouble I'm telling you the Lord has been good a psalmist said I have been young and now I am old yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread and then the psalmist said no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly God is good to us He's good to us in that he hears us when we pray. His children, us that are his children, he hears us when he pray. The Bible said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives and he who, receives, who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven who gives good things to those who ask him he gives good things he gives good gifts to those who ask him to his children he gives good gifts God is good in his plans for you hallelujah the Bible says that his will is good his will is acceptable and perfect 
Uh, Jeremiah said, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God is good in his providence for you. He's good in his plan, but he's also good in his providence for you. Amen. Listen, we know that all things work together for what? Good, 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 good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Even in your trials, even in the worst of your trials, God is working towards your good that we may look like him in the end. It is for your good because he is good to his children. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is not just good in his plan for you. God is not just good in his providence for you. God is good in his protection to you. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. How many times has he, has he not been a stronghold for you as you have run to him? And worry has had to stay out because God is good. Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, we finally arrived at the main point of my whole message. Yes, God is good to planet Earth. And yes, God is good to animals. And yes, God is good to us who have placed our trust in him. But today I want to give you a, one that may not be so obvious. Did you know that God is good to unbelievers? God is not just good to planet Earth, animals, and believers. He's also good to unbelievers. Can you believe that? God is good to people who don't know him. God is good to people who reject him. God is even good to people who disbelieve in him. God is good to people who have walked away from his church. That's how good God is. The goodness of God extends to all mankind, even to people who have rejected his kindness, even to people who persist in their sin, even to those who are openly his enemies. God is still good to you. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, Jesus speaking to his disciples on how they, they should love their enemies so that they may truly be the sons of their father in heaven. He gives them an example of how God, in essence, love his, loves his enemies. He's saying, if you truly want to be a son of your Father in heaven, then you have to love your enemies. You know why? Because God loves his. That, that was the main point. Love your enemies if you want to be a son of your Father. And then he gives us an example of how he loves his enemies. He says, he says... <laughs> In essence, love your enemies by, God loves his enemies by making his son rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. He doesn't, he doesn't just let our crops grow. He lets unbelievers' crops grow as well. He sends rain for them as well. 
I love this one in, uh, in Psalm 25 and 8. The Bible says, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. Did you know that some, some of y'all could probably attest to this. While you were yet a sinner out there, you were away from God, had no idea what this walk was all about, but you would hear a voice in the back of your head. You, you didn't even know what it was, but there was a voice in the back of your head that would tell you, don't go there. Those are not good friends for you. Don't drink that thing. And you would say, I got a sixth sense. No, honey, God was teaching you a sinner along the way. God was moving in you. God was telling you. There are people who have even come into this church. You didn't even know why you came into this church in the first place. And you said, there's just a little voice that was telling me to come in this church. i tell you what that voice was. The Lord was good to the sinner even in the way. As a matter of fact, sometimes God is so good to unbelievers that there are times that it almost causes believers to stumble because of how good he is to unbelievers. As though God is better to them than he is to us. The writers in Scripture need to, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, every time I see Elon Musk, amen, Something to me rises. Like, I'm a prayer warrior. <laughs> I don't even wear shorts, God. I don't want women lusting after these knees. <laughs> Woo. The writers in Scripture need to remind believers often not to envy the goodness of God in unbelievers. Psalm 37, 1 says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. 37 and 7, do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. In Job 21 and 7, why do the wicked live on, growing old and increasing in power? And even the psalmist Asaph, he wrote in Psalm 73, he said, my feet had almost slipped. He said, I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. You see, over and over again, the Bible lets us know that God's goodness is not limited to holy people. It's not just holy people whose lives are tidy and neat and perfect that God's goodness is for. God's goodness is not limited to people who have remained faithful in their Christian's journey. God's goodness is not limited to people who attend church every Sunday. God's goodness is not limited to people who don't ever struggle with addiction. But God's goodness is extended even to those who feel far from the house of God. Those who have traveled so far 
far from the house of God that they don't even know where to start on their journey back to those like the prodigal son. You've moved to a faraway country as far away as you can get from your father's house. You who still remember some of the Sunday school songs from your childhood but it's been a while since you've sang the songs of Zion. It has been so long since you felt God's presence. It's been so long since you've lifted your hands in prayer. It's been so long since tears of thanksgiving ran down your cheek and you keep asking yourself does God even care? Does God still love me? Is God still there? Well I've got news for you. God is good even to you. I was in Chicago, Illinois several years ago and I was speaking something similar to this on the goodness of God. After I was done preaching, uh, you know, altar came and there were people everywhere. They were crying and weeping and what have you. And uh, uh, I went back to the pastor's office and after that was done, the pastor came in there and he said, I've got a story that I want you to tell wherever you go. It's so it's such a powerful story. He says, uh, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, he said we were uh, pastoring this church and uh, uh, my wife's sister, my sister-in-law, a beautiful family, but she got, she got hooked up with the wrong people. And when she got hooked up with the wrong people, they led her down a path of drugs and alcohol. And he said, uh, man, it was, uh, it was awful. We couldn't, we couldn't bring her back. She just kept going and going, and it got deeper and deeper to the point where she lost it all. She left her family. She went and became homeless. We didn't hear from her. She went out, and she became a full-blown addict, and we could not rescue. We tried. We tried so many times, but we could not do it. He said, uh, we didn't know where she lived. She abandoned home. She abandoned her children. She abandoned her husband. We, could, we looked, we looked, not, we could not find her. He said several, uh, uh, sometime later, we had an evangelist come from Alexandria, Louisiana, who came and preached for us. And uh, that revival that was going on, I believe it was a Friday, and then they had an off night on Saturday or off day Saturday, uh, and then Sunday, all right? I don't remember if it was Thursday, Friday, or whatever, but it, they had an off day on Saturday. And he said, uh, we, uh, we went down that Saturday. I asked him, have you ever gone down to Chicago? They, they live close to two hours from Chicago. And they said, no, no, we've never been to Chicago. So he said, well, get ready because tomorrow, Saturday, uh, we have an off day. We're just going to spend the whole day out in Chicago. And that's what they did. They went over. They spent the whole day out in the city. They said they ate they had fun. They ate again. They went out and looked at skyscrapers. They ate again. Then they went and took pictures at the bean, and they ate again. And that's all they did all day long. They just ate and had an absolute blast, kind of like what heaven is going to look like. Amen. Amen. There better be some eating in heaven. Amen. Amen. And so... Um, uh, he said, you know, it was uh, now about evening time, and I asked a question. I said, hey, have you guys ever had Chicago-style pizza? 
And they looked at him and said, we've never had that kind of pizza before. But they said, but we're so full. We, we can't, I mean, we can't even fit a mosquito in our, in our stomach right now. <clears throat> so they said, all right. <clears throat> they said, well, listen, I know you guys are full, but at least let's just go and try a slice of it. And, uh, and, and, you know, for dinner. So they said, all right, just for the sake of trying. So they went. Uh, they went, and then before they got their food, they began to talk and fellowship some more. And then they brought bread out. And they, they brought, you know, drinks out and salad and all the stuff. And they keep eating, and they kept eating. By the time the uh, Chicago pizza finally arrives, and if you know Chicago-style pizza is pretty thick, right? It's all stuffed up. It's not better than New York's, but it's still good. Amen. It's still good in its own right. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> so they, they would stuff this stuff. So by the time this pizza came out, none of them wanted to even look at food anymore. They were so full. But, you know, the brother said, you know what? <clears throat> he said, I know we can't eat this, but what about, how about we, uh, uh, we get a slice of it and then we cut that into four little pieces and then each of us could get one little piece and then that'll, and they said, all right, fine. So that's exactly what they did. They, they tasted it. They said, wow, this is incredible. Had we been hungry, uh, this would be a lot better, you know. Uh, but they tasted the pizza. And then uh, they asked for a box. They took their box with him. And to his surprise, the pastor's surprise, he thought they were going to go back home. But no, they weren't going to go back home. They kept looking at skyscrapers and uh, the rest of the stuff. But he said, I just had a problem because while everybody was having a great time, they left me to carry this big old pizza, you know, and it's not, it, it's pretty heavy. Like it's got all sorts of sausages and pepperoni and extra cheese and what have you. And he said, and here I am lugging this pizza around while everybody's having a great time. So finally... I just stopped everybody and said, hey, realistically speaking, are we even going to eat this thing? Do you guys even eat leftovers? And they said, we're not going to eat it. He looked at his wife and said, babe, are you going to eat this? And she said, I just, just, I'm not going to eat that. So he said, all right, listen, I'm just going to throw this thing away because I'm not going to keep carrying this thing around. So he went over to the trash can to throw it away, and his wife stopped him and said, babe, 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 don't, don't throw it away. Just just put it on top of the trash can. Put, just put it on top of the trash can. And he said, why? But he said, right, well, whatever, whatever. As long as I'm not carrying it, I don't care where we put it. So he, he put it up there, and then he left out. They left. They went back home, said they had an incredible revival. Just some time later, his wife was praying on a Saturday morning. And she woke up, started praying, and while she was praying, she got up from there and she went over to her husband and said, babe, I know, I know this is crazy, but I feel from God like we need to go out and find my sister. Now, it had been months, perhaps years, I don't remember exactly the story, but, but it was either months or years that uh, they hadn't seen her sister. So he said, well, babe, I, you know, th that's good that you feel that way, but we haven't seen her in I don't know how many years. Where are we going to find her? So, uh, you know, but if you have a happy wife, you'll have a happy life. So he said, I choose happiness. 
And they got in their minivan and they went out and they began to search all over uh, their town for her sister. Now, he was out there going, I know we're not going to find her, but for the sake of my wife and her spiritual being and her, you know, all that, I'm just going to go and just go along. So they went and they began to go and they knocked on shelters and they went under bridges all around their town and she had this picture of her and she would show her as though she looked like that anymore, you know, but she just showed her everywhere she went and said, hey, do you know this woman? And everybody said, no, we don't know who that is. We just don't, nope, nope, nope. Uh, some people, she went to places that said, you know, we think we've, we've seen someone like that, but that was like a year or two ago. Like we don't, but we haven't seen her, couldn't find her. Well, it was right about lunchtime now, and uh, he said, Woo, time to go home. He said, we tried, but when he tried to go home, he said, his wife said, babe, I know that what I felt was real. Could you please just please, could, just today, just for today, but could you please indulge me? Let's go into Chicago. And he said, Chicago? That's two hours away. How in the world would she get there? She doesn't have money. She doesn't have a means. Why, why, why would we even end Chicago? Do you know how many millions of people live in that city? Where would we find her? And she said, babe, I know, but I felt something. Let's just go. Let's just go. And he said, where are we going? And she said, I don't know. Let's just go. And so they got in the van and they went down to Chicago. Same routine. They went and began to knock on every shelter door, uh, looking for homeless shelters, looking under bridges, asking people everywhere, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Nobody, nobody. Now it was pretty late in the evening. And finally, it was uh, getting really late. They had to come back. They had service the next morning. And so he told his wife, he said, babe, we, we've got to go. You've got one more one more of these things and then we've got to go. He said, my toes were just, uh, my toes were so swollen from walking all day. Hey Amen. I would imagine if he had a, an eye watch, all of his rings would be closed. And here he was and he was just exhausted. He said, we're going back. Well, the last one that they stopped at uh, was an outdoor uh, homeless camp that, you know, a bunch of homeless would gather there. And he said when they gathered in that place, she went from person to person with this picture and said, do you know her? And no one would answer. People were strung out. Uh, people did not know. They, they, they didn't want to get bothered. But finally, she showed this old man who was probably drunk and uh, said, hey, do you know this girl by chance? And he looked at the picture and said, he, she, she knew he probably had never seen her, but he said, Oh, you know, I don't know if it's the same girl, but she kind of has a little resemblance. And said she comes here at such and such a time at night and she sleeps right there. And sure enough, they waited and right about the time that the man said, here comes a skeleton of her sister walking down towards that little place. When the sister saw her coming uh, towards her little place where she slept, she ran towards her, ran towards her, picked her up. She had not seen her in so long and had not seen her that and began to weep. And the sister was so embarrassed, she kept saying, no, leave me, leave me. But she would not. 
They forced her into the van. They brought her into their van, and she told her, I woke up today, and the Lord spoke to me and said that I would find you, and I would bring you with me. And so they brought her with her, and they took her two on a two-hour drive all the way back. They said she was strung out, and she was, uh, it seemed like she was dead in that back seat. She did not say a word, uh, but they went back. They went back two hours and dropped her off at a rehab center. She didn't want to stay. She fought. She fought it. She said she didn't. But then the sister testifies, you know what? I thought to myself, this would be a nice, warm place on this day to sleep, even if it's just for tonight. And then tomorrow, I'll just get out and I'll escape somehow. And so she said, fine, I'll stay. So she stayed in there. For some reason or another, she didn't just stay one day she began the whole process of rehabilitation, and then it became two and three days and a week and two weeks, and it was awful. She said it was awful. I would throw up. I would shake violently. I would scream. I didn't want it, but she said, finally, I came to myself. Long story short, uh, he looked out the window of that office after telling me this testimony, and he said, that's why the people are crying so much because they know. Look, that's the sister. Uh, that's my sister-in-law. When she, she came back, she got restored to her children. She got restored to her family. That's the people gathered around, and that's why we're so thankful to God because we know that God is good. God is good. But you've stayed with me this long. Stay with me for three more minutes. Watch this. He said, but that's not where it ends. That's, this is why I told you the story. Several weeks after she had been, uh, you know, uh, rehabbed and she went back to her children, she, he said, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, we were at a small group. At, at our at someone's home, I don't remember whose home. They were at a small group at someone's home in the living room, and they were dealing with just this topic about the goodness of God. And somebody brought up in the topic that God's goodness extends even to unbelievers. And so they said that they all said amen to that, and they all agreed, and they all were having a good time, and then they all clapped and prayed, and they were just rushing through it to try to get to the snacks, you know. And, uh, but right after that prayer, he said, we noticed that she wasn't moving, and she was a little emotional. And then uh, we said, uh-oh, what's going on? And she said she raised her hand and she said, can I, can I, would you guys allow me to say something before we move on? And the uh, facilitator said, yeah, of course, of course. And she said, I've heard all during this small group that God is good even to unbelievers. And you all clapped and you all agreed with, with that. She said, I know that you all agreed based on theory, but you don't know it from practice. She said, I could testify to that in my own life. She said, as I was listening to this, she said, all I could remember was the one night that I was about to hit rock, rock bottom. She said it was so cold in that windy city of Chicago, and I had not eaten in over three days. 
She said, I could feel the hunger pangs, and I could feel death grasping at my throat. I could feel like I was dying. She said, I, was, I wasn't adequately clothed, but, but I just kept thinking, just one more, every little money that I could get, that I could extort, that I can get from uh, loitering, whatever it was. She said, every little money, I didn't have the power. I knew I was dying anyway. And so I said, you know what? I just want to, if I'm going to, if it's going to all end, she said, then I might as end, I might as well end on a high. I don't want to feel the low of death. And so she said she went forth and she didn't buy one food the next three days. And all she did was get drugged up and get more drugged up and more drugs. And she said she was so high and she was so out of it. But that one night, she had no more money and she had nothing and she had no more strength. And all she had was hunger pangs. And she said, I felt slowly, I felt like I was fainting. And she said, I sat on that curb in that cold and I was getting ready to die. I was just going to lay my head down and just die. And she said, you know what, while I was, all I could see is a picture of my boys back home. That's all I could think about was my children. And when I thought about my children, she said, I, I hadn't prayed in years. <clears throat> and she said, <clears throat> on that evening, when I thought about them, I said, God, I don't, I don't think you love me anymore. I've been so evil. I've done so much wrong. I'm so far from you. I don't even know if I even believe in you anymore. But God, if you're there and if you're listening, could you please give me just a little strength to survive? Before I die, I want to see my children again. I want to see my family again. And she said, I don't know. After I said that prayer, I didn't hear anything. No one came to me, nothing. But she said, I just felt enough strength to go over to the, uh, to the corner and dig up in that trash can and find something to eat. She said, when I went, wouldn't you know it, there was a box of pizza that was sitting right on that trash can. She said, I opened that thing up. And she said, those dummies left the whole pizza. The whole thing in this, in this box. They never ate it. All that was left was just a little, all that was left, or all they had eaten was just a little slice. And they left the whole thing. And she said, and I took that thing, and it was so warm still, and it was so good. It was the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And she said, after I ate that, she said, I felt enough strength to get up from where I was, and I walked over to a shelter, and they allowed me to come in. And she said, if it had not been for that prayer and that day, she said, I would not be here today. Her sister they all clapped, and, you know, they all clapped, and Pastor said, I was just ready for the snacks. I was like, cool story, and I was ready for the snacks, but he said, the sister said, wait a second. 
do you remember what street that was in? And she told her, I, I don't remember, but it was around such and such a place. And it was about this and this corner. And she looked at her husband and she said, babe, do you remember when we left the pizza right at this corner in such and such a place? And we had such and such a, and she gave her all the details. Little did they know that God was using her own sister to provide sustenance for her sister to survive you know why? Because God is good. God is good. God is good. Oh, but I end, I end this, musicians come, I end this here today by saying, oh, my dear friend that is listening to me today, there is no doubt in my mind that God has been good to you. The goodness of God to you is not intended to encourage you to continue in your sin. goodness of God is not meant to make you comfortable in your daily walk as though God has forgotten that you're far from him. God has not forgotten that you're far from him. To the contrary, God makes known his kindness to you so that he may kill your sin, so that he may save your soul. So that by his tender mercy, he may win your heart back to him. Oh, backslider that is in this house right now. Holy Ghost brought me here to tell you a little something. The fact that you are far from God, but you're still prospering, is overwhelming evidence of the goodness of God in your life. But please understand God's intention in your prosperity. He doesn't prosper you so that you wallow in your own accomplishments. He doesn't prosper you so that you say, you see, I left the church and everything is well. He's not prospering you so that you think that he's forgotten that you've left his side. He doesn't prosper you so that you remain comfortable in your current journey. The goodness of God is meant to lead you to repentance. The goodness of God knocks at your door every day. While the justice of God is saying, you must go, you've done evil. Mercy comes through the back door and says, just, 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 just give me just, just a little moment. Just give, me, just give me a little moment. Let me work on him some more. Goodness, go after him. Goodness, be kind. Just give me a little moment. Wrath, just give me a little moment. Let us be so kind that they have no choice but to come back to repentance. Just give me a little time. 
presence of God is working in your life. You're here thinking, well, my, my marriage is going great. My business is going great. All things are good. Why do I need? It's the goodness of God. It's buying you time. The goodness of God is buying you time. But he hasn't forgotten that you're a long ways off and you're far from home. But today I feel the angel of the Lord is in this house and he's beckoning come home come home you left you got lost but I've been running after you I've been running after you and today I've God has given you this opportunity today. Today is your day. And he's saying, come, this is your day. Repentance, this is your day. I don't know how much longer I can stop the wrath of God that is revealed against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men. I don't know how much longer I can stop it. I'm buying you a little time. But come, the mercy of God is here. The goodness of God is saying, while it is still yet day, while you still have an opportunity, come home, come back, come to repentance, come to an altar. While it is still yet day, I'm, I'm placing pizzas in trash cans. I'm, I'm doing all that I can on your behalf. I'm prospering you when I don't need to. I, I, I give you common grace. I, I'm there with you, but my goodness is intended to lead you to this point. And now I've brought you here to Extraordinary Church. It's not a coincidence. It is not by chance. The goodness of God is leading you to repentance. Is there anybody in this house? Is there anybody in this house? You're in a faraway country. I don't need you to be embarrassed right now, but I need you in this house to make a decision and a choice. You're in a faraway country, but God is calling your name right now and saying, come on, come home. There is a cross here. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.